and all of a sudden you just can't help but to hum. Or maybe you just start dancing. You just start dancing to something. It's in your body, it's in your head. You just want to move. I'm not really a dancer, so I don't identify with the dancing. Um, I think I'm more of a dancer now that my, uh, um, now that we have children and they are involuntary dancers. Um, sometimes uh, to my great annoyance because it happens at dinner time. Um, <laughs> but I can certainly resonate with the feeling of, of having the radio come on and being like, oh, this is my song. Um, and, and I think I, I am just old enough to have grown up in maybe the last generation-ish that knows about a reality in which you can't fully control the songs you hear, right? Nowadays, my kids say, I want this song, and they can have it. I would have loved to not have to have made four tries at making a mixtape. Anybody know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I spent so much time trying to make a mixtape, I wasted four cassettes to get, to, get the right, to get the right mix in the right way, right? I think I'm of the, maybe the last generation that, that may have this feeling, right? Um, ironically, I think my tastes have taken a step both forwards and backwards. I love Spotify, but now also um, I have a burgeoning vinyl collection. So it is what it is. Um, but that feeling of, of, of knowing that, that, that as a song comes on, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden transported to a place, right? Um, I have talked about this before, but I think music and singing is one of the most human things that there is about being human. Um, I think particularly singing is that because as I say often, it is a thing that we do with our whole bodies. It is a thing that employs uh, just the fullness of who we are. We, you know, we got to move something in order to sing. Our brains are firing at all cylinders as we sing. And as we sing, we're definitely having some sort of emotional experience. It's just a fully human thing. And so as we sung this morning um, at the beginning of our gathering, um, our singing, at least in this context, was a way to pay attention, a way to acknowledge uh, that we are here in the presence of God, that God has been here and continues to be here as our creator, our maker, our guide, and our leader, and that we are a part of what God is doing. We are always a part and invited to be a part of the way that God is being creative right now among us in our world. Friends, this is worth celebrating. This is worth noting. Because I don't know about you, but I think there are at least a couple of things that I could look at in the world that could use some divine creativity. Either because they're boring or because they're terrible. Amen? Mm. 
But I have another question. What if you don't feel like singing? What if you just don't want to? What if I'm up here inviting us to stand and lift our voices and the first feeling in your body is repulsion? What if the first thoughts in your mind are, stop it. <laughs> I don't want to. And you know what I would say to you? I would say, I get it. I get it. Psalm 137 has become one of my favorite pieces, favorite parts of the Bible. Because it is a scene of people who understand that sometimes we don't feel like singing. We just don't want to do it. I have had this feeling before. I had this feeling right after my dad passed away. Um, it was likely, it's like over a decade ago. And I remember it happening. I remember finding out the news. We were estranged, and so I didn't really, wasn't really connected to him. But I remember finding out, and I remember that for months, for months, I didn't want to sing. At the time, I was in a rock band. At the time, I was singing songs at church. I was, you know, a church musician. And I didn't want to sing one bit. I didn't want to do it. I think there have been moments and, and, and um, um, kind of spans of time over the last few years where as I read the news and engage with injustice, I don't want to sing. I don't want to sing, and I don't want to hear any songs trying to tell me that God is good or that everything's going to be fine or that God is faithful because things look awful. They look terrible, and I don't care to sing some sort of jubilant song about how wonderful God is because I can't find God. <laughs> I don't know what God is doing. I love Psalm 137 because it creates space for us to acknowledge what is likely true. Not just what Psalm 33 says, which is that God is righteous and doing justice and that we're a part of that and that's worth celebrating, but also in the midst of injustice, in the midst of living in an empire that's trying to steal our identity, that's trying to kill and destroy those of us who find ourselves in the margins, that it is hard to sing. It says, we hung our lyres up in the trees. It's like a little protest action. I'm not singing your happy songs. Don't make me out to be some kind of minstrel. I won't sing. How could we possibly sing the Lord's song in this place? With what you're doing to us here.
as I have sat in the space of this psalm, I would say over the last um, five to seven years, I have made a shocking discovery. I have noticed that when I look through a hymnal and when I look at the possible songs that I could sing about God, most of them resemble songs that I don't want to sing. They resemble the songs that the people of God were being mocked into singing and didn't want to sing in the midst of their oppression. That's what most of the songs sound like to me. And then I remembered that I personally come from a tradition where there are other songs. And I remember growing up in church, being taught some of those other songs. Um, songs, you know, like wait in the water. Songs that give us space to really wait and know that things aren't right. I remember there was a person and I, as I was growing up, who would sing this song? Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Now that feels more appropriate. That feels like a song I can sing in the midst of an empire trying to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to make sure that as we uh, talk about and engage in singing, that we get some space to sing or to not sing, <laughs> acknowledging that there are things happening in our lives and in the world um, that require a different song, that require a different energy. There are things in our lives and in the world that we are actively lamenting in this moment. There are injustices and there are forces of wickedness at work right now which are, are, are putting us in grief. And if we are to believe that God is with us in the midst of that, then there must be some space for us to engage God with all of that. There must be something. For me personally, um, I had to learn uh, that uh, in, in, in private moments, at least for now, <laughs> in private moments, that it's okay to use some foul language in my prayer life. I had to learn that. I felt guilty for many years. <laughs> I also had to figure out what I could sing because I didn't want to not sing forever, but I certainly did not want to sing the songs about Zion in this place. 
If there are things in our lives that we are lamenting, if there are dynamics in the world that we see and experience that have caused us grief, both momentary and generational, I just want to say that we do not have to sing the happy songs. You do not have to sing the happy songs. You do not have to sing the songs about Zion. You don't. You can hang up your lyre. You can protest. We can protest. Instead of those songs, um, there have been songs um, that we have tried to sing to acknowledge that there's space for our grief and lamenting. Um, I'm going to sing that song now as a, as a way to give us some, some, an opportunity to acknowledge that grief. The verse is in English and the chorus is in English and Korean. And if you feel like singing, sing. And if you don't, that's great. But God makes space for our grief and pain. In some way, God even says that God is with us in it. When it feels like we've been walking life alone When the Lord feels absent and too far away We must look upon the one who came to us Redeemer who came down to save us. When it feels like we've been walking life alone, when the Lord feels absent and so far away, we must look upon the one who came to us, Redeemer who came down to save us. Truly, me, Udiye, Apun, Mame, Hashine, Gakai, So, Udiye, Apun, Me, Come, 
찾아오셨던 그 주님이 우리의 모든 상황에 공감하시네 Jesus knows the hurt we feel inside our broken hearts Close to us, our beloved Savior shares our every pain. Lord, who came down on earth to be within our hearts. In every circumstance, our God shares our pain. When it feels... When it feels like we've been walking life alone When the Lord feels absent and so far away We must look upon the one who came to us Redeemer who came down to save us Chunimi, Chunimi, Uriye, Apun Mamur Hashine, Dakaiso, Uriye, Apun Me, Konkam Hashine, Uri, Kaunde, Chaja, Oshotan Kuchinimi, Uriye, Modun, Sangwanke, Konkam. Jesus knows, Jesus knows the hurt we feel inside our broken hearts. Close to us, our beloved Savior shares our every pain. The Lord who came down on earth to be within our hearts. Circumstance, our God shares our pain. In every circumstance, in every circumstance, our God shares our pain. In every circumstance, our God shares our pain. Among the many things that I have learned as a parent over the last five years, I have learned that quite often when 
one of our children is feeling strong emotions, the, the last words that I should utter are the words, don't cry. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> I remember hearing these words often as a kid. I don't remember exactly how I felt when I heard them now that I'm an adult. But I remember feeling like, or I remember that it never really immediately worked. And I can remember now as a parent, at least five moments over the past few months where I have tried to encounter my children's strong emotions with an immediate assurance that everything is going to be fine. And do you know what they do? They keep crying. They, they keep crying. Like, like they're, they're more, sometimes they're more upset. I remember one day, because I like to think of parenting and many things as an experiment, I remember one day I was like, I'm going to try something. Um, and so I saw one, I think it was probably Amara, because, you know, she's been around longer. Um, I'm going to try the reverse thing, what I thought was the reverse thing. So Amara's crying, and I, and I remember thinking, okay, so I said, Amara, you seem really sad. More crying. How come you're sad? More crying. Do you want to tell me why you're sad? Things escalate. Okay. Let me know when you're ready to talk to me. And I walk away. And then it escalates even more. And I'm like, this isn't working either. But then she doesn't want me to leave. You know, you know how it is. The push and pull. The push and pull. We all do it. Don't talk to me, but be near me. I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, and finally, Amara tells me what's happening. Oh. And then all of a sudden, and this is the jarring part about it, all of a sudden, after Amara talks about it, she runs away with glee. And I'm like, surely you are faking it. Like, th th it doesn't, this is not, like, th this is, it's, it's, too, it's, it's too extreme to be true. So then I, I, I thought, maybe this works, so I just kept trying it. I kept trying, and, and let me tell you, um, it, it sort of works. I'm not prepared to write a parenting book. But here's what I observed. Why am I talking to you about this? Because many of us, I think, have been made to sing the happy songs in our grief. Just like I previously parented Amara. 
That's what it's felt like to sing. And I wonder, and I truly wonder because, in fact, this is new for me. I wonder what it would be like to have a faith that had enough sad songs to make space for our sadness regularly. I wonder what that would be like. I can tell you having been on the periphery of the way that folks in my grandmother's generation did faith, where they had access to a variety of songs. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. And in that great getting up morning, fare thee well, fare thee well. Having the whole access, I can tell you that my grandmother seemed like a happy person. She had a lot of purpose. She was not ignorant to anything, but she seemed to have energy to do every day. I wonder what it would be like to have songs and to sing songs as the people of God that, that gave us the opportunity to contain and to put forth our grief and lament because it's real. I wonder what that would do for our faith. Maybe it would give us the opportunity to say things like Psalm 98 with authenticity. I think there's a slide with Psalm 98 on it. I hope so. Psalm 98 says, shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands, lift up your voice, rejoice and sing. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout with joy before our sovereign, the Lord. Let the sea make a noise in all that is in it, the lands and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills ring out before joy, with joy before the Lord who is coming to judge the earth. In righteousness shall God judge the world and the peoples with equity. This psalm seems to be inviting all of creation to sing. The hills, the rivers, the sea, the lands, the humans, the creatures in all of those things. And it says, because the Lord is coming to judge the earth. Clearly something is not right yet, because the Lord is coming. But clearly there's also a way that there's hope. There's a promise. These people are hanging on to something. They believe that God will judge the earth and the peoples with equity. Here's my thought. And I want to invite you to consider this. I wonder if having space to grieve and to lament and to say to God, this is not right. 
eventually actually builds in us a sort of holy defiance. Where we remember who God is and what God is supposed to be about. We know that this thing is not it. And if we take both of those together, then we go back to God and we say, God, make it right. God, turn it around. You must. If you're going to be faithful to who you are, you must. You must. And then we can start singing some other songs. That's when the protest songs of the civil rights movement come in. That's when the songs that that show up on the streets of places like, you know, Selma come in. I even think about the worship song that showed up on the streets of Hong Kong in the midst of kind of movements for democracy. That's when those songs show up. I wonder if we remember God's goodness and we give our space to give ourselves space to say this is not right if we can sing a different song. A song so different that it's not the song that I plan to sing. So there is no slide for it. Lo and behold. I'm thinking of, of a song of, 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 of resolve. A song that says this. It says... Let's do it there. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water. We shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved just like a tree planted by the waters. We shall not be moved. Sing it again. We, we shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved just like a tree planted by the waters. We shall not be moved. One more time, we shall. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, 
we shall not be moved just like a stream planted by the waters we shall not be moved we shall not be moved we shall not be Because then there's some conviction, right? And that's, that, comes, that is a conviction that comes in the midst of knowing who we, that God is good. And also, some stuff is not right. Friends, here is my hope. My hope is that you do remember that you are God's creation made in love and that God is working and is being creative joyfully right now. And I hope that you have some space and permission to acknowledge fully in your body that some stuff is not right. That you have the fullness of words for that. And I hope that as we sing, we can carry both of those things as we sing songs that indeed acknowledge that we will take another step forward, that we will continue as much as we have energy to be the people of God, and someone may have to take your arm and walk with you arm in arm the next step, or two, or 10, or 15, and that's okay. We can be God's people together. Amen? Amen.